Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Scabin and Ms. Coleman, I get the impression from your statements that you think that perhaps the danger here has been somewhat exaggerated. Is that there are the problems have been somewhat exaggerated? Is that uh, is that accurate? Well, I don't think that there has been the problems in the past, uh, as my testimony indicates. We've, we've, we've essentially followed IGRA very carefully, and it, and it hasn't resulted in that many uh, casinos proliferating everywhere. I think potentially we are concerned about what's in the future because of, of uh, the potential for for abuse that is there uh, under the current under the act currently, but we, but we we but we haven't seen that. We and we, as I said, we're not we're not really uh, with some of these. They're to us they're just rumors, and we have no involvement, so we don't know for a fact that that's an issue. Which means that perhaps some legislation may be necessary in order to prevent some of these things from happening. Do you agree with that? Uh, it, it may be. I mean, we would be, and as I stated, we would be willing to discuss with you what what would be the appropriate mechanism and where it needs to to change to tighten things up. We need to do that. But let, let me just give you examples of why there seems to be concern. Stories about a member of the Bureau of Indian Affairs that had uh, literally signing recognition papers on his way out the door or in his car. I mean, that, I think that's fact. Those were rescinded because of the circumstance of his last day in office. Um, rumors or, or, or stories that are carried that a tribe is willing to trade their claims for half of the state of Colorado, for, as Byron Dorgan mentioned, so they could establish a casino in downtown Denver. Um, the, the, when these stories start circulating like that, People are asking, "What's this all about?" Uh, you, you see my point. Uh, yes, and and that is an issue. And I was in Colorado. The governor of Colorado had a had a um, meeting or a conference regarding that. And I think it's it's a real issue with respect to the Colorado issue. I think the the department has determined that the claim that is asserted by that by the tribe is 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 not uh, genuine and lacks merit. Um, so for purposes of the settlement of a land claim, the reason we, we have only had one so far is that our view is that the settlement of a land claim has to be a settlement that is ratified by Congress, So and as the Seneca claim was. And as a result, it, there is a phenomenal check on an abuse of that exception. If, if, if it has to come before this body, and essentially every, it will be scrutinized to the nth degree so that their settlement legislation is not, act, is not enacting willy-nilly here. So Senator Voinovich's concern about a casino in downtown Cleveland is not – his concern is not as compelling as perhaps we might think? Perhaps that's right because it would have to, in our view, it would have to be, it would have, it would have to be, there would have to be settlement legislation introduced in Congress. Now that is our view, and we have the solicitor's opinion that that states that. Now potentially, uh, some tribe may disagree with the view of the Interior Department on that, and, and challenge in court uh, if they apply for land a settlement of an land claim, and we say you don't have congressional legislation, goodbye, and they may sue us because of that. Um, you know maybe. 
and so I don't know where that would go. Uh, maybe the act could be tightened on that score uh, to make sure that it needs that we're talking about in certain legislation that is ratified here. Uh, let me go back with you to one of the fundamentals. When IGRA was passed, it was, as we all know, it was a re as a result of the Cabazon decision. said that if a state allows a certain level of gaming, then Indian tribes that reside within that state uh, could be, uh, would certainly have the right to engage in gaming at that level. Isn't that that's a proper interpretation of the Cabazon decision in your view? Yes, that's correct. But then there was a decision that was made that if a charitable organization has a Las Vegas night once a year where gaming is conducted, therefore you can have a 24-7, 12-month-a-year gaming operation on an Indian reservation. That, that, that changed things rather dramatically, didn't it? Well, um, yes. Our, our, the view of the department is really to follow the decision of the... Uh, the uh, uh, Ninth Circuit in Ramsey, in the Ramsey decision that was appealed to the Supreme Court, the suit was denied, but I think the SG filed a, a brief in support of that decision. And under the Ninth Circuit uh, reasoning, I think that you, the scope of gaming has to be by activity. So that, you, for instance, the, the issue there was, let's say the um, state of, of California authorizes horse racing, which is class three gaming activity. Well, that would mean that all class three gaming activities are open, like the slot machines. And the, the court said, no, it has to be, that gaming activity has to be authorized. And that's our view right now. So that... But, but that's, that's not responsive to the question that uh, the Senator asked. He, he asked the question about... Uh, a, uh, a state that allows a Las Vegas night once a year in the country. charitable purpose, charitable purpose, right? And the consequences of that of triggering an opportunity in the state for uh, the brother. that's correct because because charitable gaming is is, is nevertheless is gaming and if that if that gaming activity is authorized by charities then it will be authorized for Indian tribes under IGRA. That's the uh, I think that's our view and certainly was would have been the view of, of the courts right now. Is it the department's view that the land claim exception authorizes a tribe to open a casino in geographic locations? It's not been possibly more than 100 years. In other words, is there, you mentioned, uh, or Ms. Coleman mentioned, that one of the reasons why they didn't approve of uh, Kansas acquisition because they had passed through, where you mentioned that. In other words, what's the what's the criteria I, here? Many of these tribes tragically moved all the way from our east coast out to the west, not of their own volition, by the way, but they had various stops uh, along the way. Right. The settlement of a land claim, which we which I said we applied once. I think the way that would work is that the settlement legislation that is introduced in Congress, and if it's, if it's eventually passed, will in all likelihood specifically say we settle this land claim, and as part of the claim, uh, the Secretary of the Interior is mandated to take land in trust in blah, you know, and will probably exactly specifically say where it is. Uh, by county or even by by lot, so that that in the, in the Seneca uh, Land Settlement Act, for instance, it, it was specifically uh, stated in the act where the land could be taken into trust, uh, and that's what we would be looking for. Uh, so it's what we think is really not really important because we would be following what Congress tells us to do in the settlement legislation. In, with respect to the Eastern Shawnee, if there's legislation that says 
Congress sells the claim, and in exchange, um, for whatever reason, but the Secretary has to take land in trust in Ohio in specific community, and then we will have to do that. But we will look to you to tell us what, how to interpret that, the law. Ms. Coleman, sounds to me like you, you could use some more help. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Senator Dorton. Let me let me ask the uh, a question about licensing. Uh, if if I'm a tribe uh, and there aren't any of these uh, land issues, and I just want to open a casino, and our state has gaming, and so I want to develop a compact, I have to get a license from whom? From the from the tribe's regulatory authority. And so that license, based on your testimony, that license may be granted before. In, in other circumstances before land claims are settled? Well, well as, as Mr. Scabine testified, the, the settlement of a land claim exception is so rare, it's only happened once, that you know it really hasn't come up. Um, there, the, the one time it did come up is the same Wyandotte, Kansas situation where the land was already acquired into trust um, and, and the tribe argued that, that that acquisition was a land claim, settlement of a land claim. And we determined that it wasn't because it was an ICC, um, act, uh, there was an ICC case and we concluded that ICC cases are not settlement of land claims, that they're settlement of money damages against the federal government, but not actually for settlement of a land claim. But with the size of, and the growth of uh, Indian gaming, my expectation, and I assume yours would be, that these things will come up more and more often because the stakes are so high. Let me just mention, Mr. Chairman, last evening, or yesterday, late afternoon, we finished the Interior Appropriations Subcommittee. I'm the ranking member on that. Uh, we finished that piece of legislation, and my colleagues from Oklahoma we're trying to, and we, we weren't able to do this, I wish we had been, but uh, weren't able to put this in an appropriations bill, but there's a, an issue which you're probably familiar with in Oklahoma, dealing with the Shawnee Tribe Status Act. Um, the, uh, th that act was passed, uh, and somehow it, it gives the Shawnees, and this is according to the senators from Oklahoma, it gives the Shawnees the ability to take land into trust, so long as it doesn't interfere with other tribal jurisdictions and requires the secretary to approve the land and trust, shall versus may. And they say this loophole would allow the Shawnees to take land into trust within Oklahoma County in the middle of a major city, and the secretary would have to approve it. And they say that circumvents existing law and regulation on normal land and trust application, and they feel that's a self-executing circumstance currently in law. They're trying, trying really hard to... To change that, which I might add was put in an, in an appropriations bill, right? Omnibus appropriations, bill. right? So, but my point about this is, there, there, there's a powerful reason for tribes to try to find ways through these exceptions to locate a casino in the middle of a major population. I understand that, and if if we were able to, and our purpose was to be able to run a casino we would want to be in the middle of a population center. That's just, that's a natural market. And yet, you know, we have certain guidelines and restrictions and we rely on our regulatory agencies to to um, uh, deal with them appropriately. We also rely on the Congress to, to make the right decisions on these things. Occasionally, we don't make the right decisions. But uh, 
I, I think one of the things that I've learned from your testimony, Ms. Coleman, is that uh, th this issue of the resources that are available to respond to the needs uh, to, to effectively regulate a very growing industry is, is an important consideration for this Congress. And uh, I think we need to get additional information from you. Uh, you indicated that you've got you haven't really had a system by which you move things out the door, make judgments, and and move things, but you're now developing that system. I would say hurry, because I think there's going to be enormous pressures from many different directions to find ways through the exceptions. Well, Mr. Chairman, uh, I'm, I have to leave at 11, but I, I know that uh, you have we have another panel coming on. I'll be able to hear part of that panel. But I thank the two witnesses, so Mr. Skabine. Thank you again for being with us, and Ms. Coleman. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Smith. Thank you, Mr. Chair. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman and uh, Senator Dorgan. Uh, Mr. Scabina, in May you testified that IGRA's two-part determination suggests that Congress uh, sought to establish a unique uh, balance in determining exceptions. Uh, only three tribes, as I understand it, have acquired exceptions um, under that provision since 1988, but uh, those are in-state, and yet a lot of concerns remain. My question is, would restricting the two-part determination exception only to in-state lands remedy most of the concerns that remain? Um, I think it will, it will help remedy some of the concerns. Uh, I don't think it will uh, certainly uh, address the issue with the settlement of a land claim that was raised uh, by uh, Senator Voinovich here. Uh, that, that, that tribe would be taking exception of another exception, the settlement of a land claim exception, where there is no state, there is no restriction on, on state boundaries on that, under that exception either. The, the fact is we, we, of course, have only approved three, uh, three uh, two-part determinations for uh, tribes since 88, all within the state where they are located. We, we currently have um, eight that are pending, and of those, um, I think all are within the state where they're located except for uh, one, which is the Stockbridge Monthly Community of Wisconsin. Uh, at this point, that application is for land in the Catskills, and it's, it is it is, a, it is submitted as a two-part determination for land in New York, but, but in fact, I think that the, the, if this goes through, it probably would, would go through as a settlement of land claim, rather. So, in fact, if you discount this one, we really don't have any that are pending under the two-part determination for out-of-state tribes. Question for uh, both of you. Um, I think one of the most unseemly things that has happened on Capitol Hill in, long in a long, long time, frankly, um, seems to grow out of uh, IGRA and the, the, the number of developers apparently seeking Indian tribes to pursue gaming interests. And um, uh, frankly, that has led to some very shameful things happening. Uh, these developers often are looking for a tribe, they pay for the lawyers, they pay for the upfront lobbyist costs. Uh, I, I wonder if, if this is just perceptional on my part, or are you seeing more applications that are driven by these kinds of uh, non-Indian interests 
um, on behalf of tribes so that to pursue their gaming interests. I'm not sure if if there is an increase in, in that. I think um, if you look back to some of the earliest applications, uh, uh, they were also the tribes were supported by by outside outside developers. Um, uh, let's let's take for instance the the Mohegan tribe of Connecticut it was supported by a large gaming corporation out of South Africa, and I think that the re- part of the reason for that is that some of these some of the tribes that are are new tribes especially have have very little means and 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 essentially are are pretty much penniless on their own, and I think it it is a um, it's not necessarily what they want to do to come into a partnership with with an outside group, but it's certainly something that is, when it's offered, it, they, they can see it as, a, as a, an easy way for, to access capital and to essentially move their applications along and, and move their plans along. Um, whether there's an increase, it, it could be, be uh, based on, on what is you know the rumors that are out there, but I'm, we don't really have a handle on on that specifically at the, at the BIA. I'm not sure maybe the commission can address that. I I don't know if there's an increase. We do know that the harder we make it for tribes that are landless to to get land into trust, the more dependent they have to be on the outside resources because tribes that don't have money have and have to go through the process who have to to um, you know, go through the department, go through the NIGC, to acquire land into trust, to get it to be designated Indian lands. That takes time. That takes money, and and so they need to look to to the outside interests. And um, in some of these, as I said earlier, they're very difficult. They take they do take a lot of money. If you have to hire an ethno historian, if you have to hire an environmentalist. Um, to do all of the NEPA work and the, you know, the prove its restored lands, it's going to it's going to require somebody to put up the money. I assume though that um, there's a, a a concern in the Interior Department about it. Is there any effort made to uh, identify the tribal interests from the developers' interests and to uh, provide some level of Direction that uh, gets in the way of some uh, some abuse of tribes. We, we definitely we we definitely are aware of that issue all of the time. We want to make sure that tribes don't that that they don't end up in a situation where it's not really the tribes gaming anymore. And it's one of the reasons. It's one of the driving forces between behind our. Um, Sole proprietary interest advisory opinions uh, that that they have kind of tried to draw a line. Say, you know, tribes, uh, if you give this much of your gaming to this company, well, then you're no longer the sole proprietor, sole proprietor of this. You, know, you have to retain the bulk of it. The ACRA is intended for tribes; they're to be the sole beneficiaries, and so. So we've taken a pretty hard line on this whole proprietary interest issue, and I think it's really helped. Uh, and we've also uh, have been talking to the Senator McCain about 
uh, about more background investigations for a larger number of, of people who are involved in gaming. I think that makes a lot of sense. You want to make sure you have good guys in gaming. Uh, a lot of tribes are, are, do really good background investigations. Uh, not all tribes have access, though, to like the FBI um, uh, criminal history checks and the fingerprint checks and all of those kinds of things that the federal government has access to.